The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, December 30th. If you are watching on YouTube, we do. This is the uh, live pick show, the best bet show, where we break down all the games in week 17. My goodness, this would be the end of the season were it not for the addition of week 18. Uh, If you're listening, it may very well be Friday, December 31st. Happy New Year's Eve. And if you are, uh, why don't you throw us a bone and a little little New Year's Eve present and give us a five-star rating on Spotify. You can do so on your mobile your mobile device. It is now a, uh, a feature on Spotify. And if you're listening on, if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. The more likes we get, the more stuff we can give away. Maybe we even give away one of our secret Prisco Sucks hats. Joining me to break down week 17. You don't have Pete those. You don't have those. I know we don't. Everybody we have loves me. They love me. They wouldn't buy those. They love me. They love me. Pete Briscoe, RG White. They love me. What's up, fellas? How are we doing? What's up, fellas? Bad week for me last week. I'm good. Pete, we were trying to figure out before the show. I don't think I went two and five. No, it was two and five because I looked at the games last week and I remember what it was. It was the Saints game. We moved the line down to to plus one or whatever, or plus one and a half after the line moved with with um with the quarterbacks out. And you're like, well, plus one and a half, then add it on for me because I like Ian Book. And uh, it turned uh, out that he well, he was yeah, not about eighty other. Then about eighty other guys went out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean that, that that was the added one was what we were trying to figure out. We've, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of been like a, a mixed bag, I think, in terms of these COVID issues, where in ter- like in terms of key teams covering. You know, I mean, if you got like the initial line, you know, great because this game wasn't moved, like the date wasn't moved. You know, if you got Dolphins plus three and a half, you're loving life, right? But I mean, some of these games have sort of been surprising just in terms of how of performances uh with the with the COVID issues but uh yeah saints uh saints no bueno and we, the five the one hit part back out we can't take it out again right we couldn't have taken it out i mean, right, I, I, mean I, I think that one's so bad that you know if you took as rj says we treat it like we go to the 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 counter and we place the bet but i mean the problem RJ is took, rj took one out before the show and added one and you added one Right before the show. No, after the show. No, before the you show. The team, before did you the add show. the team total after the show or before the show? Before the show. And then on the show, I told people the to Bengals, go take the Bengals team total over, and they smoked Bengals. that over. Yeah, that got there. <laughs> that, that got home. Uh, Denver got there? Yeah. Joe Burrow, man. I'll tell you what. Denver mm-hmm. uh, pick Pittsburgh plus eight. Falcons plus five and a half does not get there. 
Um, even if the Falcons had covered, which they probably should have, because I'm not entirely sure Dan Campbell should have kicked that field goal, uh, Pittsburgh did not come close to covering, right? Um, and Denver lost, actually. So, Denver didn't yeah. cover. Wow, that went over three. Good job, us. Uh, week gone 16, the other way. Week 16, RJ goes three and three. Pete thinks he went two and four. No, I went two, two and five, five if he had that Saints game. In Saints game. Oh, in game, yeah. I had the Saints, too. I mean, we'll keep it in the records. But I do feel like a Monday night game where, you know, we did this on Thursday at 1 p.m. And all that, and all that stuff happened afterwards, right? Well, we knew Ian Book because the line moved. We 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 sent the lines out at minus three and a half when we sent the thing, and and we obviously couldn't then take it at, at Dolphins. I want Dolphins plus three and a half because you know at that point the yeah. the information had changed and it was one and a half. It was Dolphins minus one and a half everywhere, so nobody else was able to take it. So we said we we'll set we the didn't line. The twelve other guys. That's what we did. Right, but I mean, if you want to go back and take out when guys drop off, uh, you know, because of COVID and, and all hard, the other guys drop out, we're gonna have to take out half of our picks and have to go back with a comb through all these picks. I don't think it's going to be the case anymore though they, they changed the rules so it's not going to be Pro- protocol should anymore. protocol should help for sure um i've actually done pretty well i've moved up in my, my year-long picks league and it's you know the the picks on cbs sports on these office pools come out on tuesday and they lock and they don't they don't you know they're not they're not fluid so um you know like i had it was new orleans minus three and a half i mean on monday i went back and changed it you know what i mean like even though i like the saints if I'm getting the Dolphins plus three and a half when they're a three-point favorite, I'm just going to take it. The same thing, uh, I think, earlier in the you – know, there, there are a couple examples of it where you just sort of have to take the line value. And uh, it's, I, think it's, I think I'm like four and one in those games and have moved up pretty well in there because some people just don't want to deal with changing them. So, you know, just a weird season. you got to be, you know, on your toes a little bit. Uh, RJ, 52 and 44 overall now. Pete, 51 and 49. I'm still 10 games below 500 after going four and four. Got two weeks to, to tighten it up and uh, get above 500. The well, we're gonna, uh, are we gonna pick, are we picking the playoffs too? Yeah, but I, I'd like to be above 500 for the regular season. I mean, yeah, it could get up. Well, and we'll decide if we want to do the game. Maybe we should. Uh, I wish we could figure out a way to. Maybe we'll do. A, maybe we'll do some kind of playoff game. We'll talk to Debo about it. But um, where you know where the listeners can play along too, and um, and we can uh, you know, give away a prize or something like that. Let's dive into the games in week 17. Uh, if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, leave your uh, favorite week 17 bet in the comment section. See, uh, Timothy Wilson likes the over for the 49ers game. And uh, at the Sports 78 notes that the Bills are 18 and 2 against the spread when Josh Allen has sirloin steak and baked potato the night before the game. That is a fun fact, but probably not a, a true one. Anywho, we start with the Chiefs and the Bengals. Chiefs are at the Bengals as a five point favorite the over under is 51 joe burrow coming off a historically great game the fourth most passing yards in nfl history 525 he was throwing it in don martindale's face pete your guy burrow you said that the Bengals would win at least five super bowls in the first 10 years (laughs) everybody has taken that and and added a a super bowl every year no i said one in ten and brady and chris hassel made it two and ten and now you've made it five so, uh, look, I, li- I love Joe Burrow. I love the way he plays. He plays with a swagger. And, you know, comparing him to when I watched Norm Van Brocklin set the record back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I wasn't there. Um, no, he, he's outstanding. And, he, and I love the fact that he, he does play with the swagger. I think this is going to be a proving game for the Bengals. Uh, I think there's going to be a ton of points scored. I know the Chiefs have played better on defense. This offense on Cincinnati is explosive, and he knows how to move. Even though the offensive line isn't great, he knows how to move away from pressure. 
He'll make plays. Mahomes will make plays. I love this two ways. I got two picks, two best bets. I have the Bengals plus the points, and I have the over in this game. I think it's soaring over. I think we're going to love watching this. It's going to be a treat. I'm with you on the Bengals as a best bet at plus five. I think the line's too high with them establishing themselves as a good team. I'd make it minus three, although I've bought into the Bengals at points this season before, and, and they've turned around and, you know, not paid that off and losing by like, what was it, 20 to, to or 30 to the Browns. So um, so hopefully that doesn't happen here. My biggest worry early in the week with playing Cincinnati was that the backup quarterback went on the COVID list. And so if you, you get the day or two lag and then Burrow goes on, then I do not want to take Cincinnati if Burrow's not playing. Um, but it's been a few days now, so it seems like he'll probably be fine. Um, I think it's a tough road test, tough road test for Kansas City, and Cincinnati's better than the Chargers, who took them in overtime on the on the road. Um, so, if Burrow makes it to Sunday and he's not on the COVID list, I like Cincy getting more than four. Since we're obviously making our picks now and locking them in, I'm with you as a best bet at Cincy plus five. Yep, give me a uh, best bet on Cincy as well, plus five. So we can go put that in the parlay. Since the Bengals plus five, uh, right? Are we going to do the thing where we? Yeah, we got to no. Nothing's working. Let's the, just, other, the, other we, formula, the other formula didn't work either. Yeah, right. Yeah. Our, our, our parlay's first pick is Bengals plus five, and the listeners' parlay, what they're going to bet is their first pick is, is Chiefs minus, minus five. five. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. I mean, I think I, I, I think there is a cause for concern that the Bengals might have a letdown spot here just because of how big a game that was against the Ravens at home, knowing that you, know, you can really set yourself up to win the division. Um, but I, I tend to think that like, – right, let me just put it this way. I think Pete's theory on Joe Burrow and winning a Super Bowl for the Bengals might be correct. And even if it doesn't actually happen, like what you see from Joe Burrow is just this guy who has it. Yeah, whatever. I think you try to say fire in the belly, like that's what you're looking for, but he just has it. Like he, he, he has this innate ability, this killer instinct to go out there in big spots and play at a really high level. And this is a big spot. Do the Bengals, can the Bengals show the world in this game at home as a five point dog that they are, in fact, a contender in the AFC? Because if you go and beat the Chiefs at home, it changes really the whole narrative of how people view your team. And they have the weapons on offense to put up put up points against the Bengals and they have the weapons on defense to at least limit Patrick Mahomes. I think it could turn into a shootout. I also think it could turn into, you know, a lot of Joe Mixon, a lot of Daryl Williams, sort of a, a feel, feel, feel things out type of thing, especially early in the game. I, I like the Bengals a lot here. Give me Cincinnati plus five. I'm I just, you watch Joe Burrow and just the way he handles himself and it's hard not to get involved in, 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 in wanting some Cincinnati futures or, uh, or, or just, just wanting to be in on Burrow. Dolphins at the Titans, Titans minus three and a half over under 40. Ryan Tannehill, 13 game-winning drives since he joined Tennessee. That is the most in the NFL in that time span. A.J. Brown, eight third-down catches on Thursday night football. I read in our stat uh, sheet that that was an NFL record or tied the NFL record, eight third-down catches. I mean, sure. Titans are averaging just 4.6 yards per play since Derrick Henry got injured. Third worst in the NFL. What do we think here, Pete? Are the Dolphins going to keep this hot streak going? No, they're not. I, I, I just don't. If they, if there was any semblance of a team on the other side of the ball on, on Monday night, they lose that game. Their offensive line is awful. I mean, it is awful, and I can't, I can't see them blocking Jeffrey Simmons in that game. I just can't. I think two is struggling a little bit. Miami's defense has been outstanding, but this is a revenge game, as Jamie Eisenberg loves uh, Ryan Tannehill playing his former team. I'm going to take 
the Titans. I, I think this is a great spot for them. Short week for Miami, and I just don't think they're good enough on offense. And getting A.J. Brown back really helps that offense. So I'll take Tennessee. Yeah, it does feel like a good time to fade Miami coming off that Monday night game where the offense didn't look good. Miami has played a lot of bad offenses during their win streak. And maybe Tennessee still qualifies even with A.J. Brown back because it's not like they have a ton else besides A.J. Brown. So, But their defense has been excellent. They just need the offense not to turn the ball over a ton, and the defense probably wins this game. But they do have a lot of guys on the COVID list also, and conditioning could be an issue even if they're activated on Friday, Saturday, or early, you know, before the game Sunday. So um, it being if it was at three, I'd be with you on the Titans at three and a half. I kind of want to lean Miami. I think three points is kind of where this game lands. I like the Titans as well. I would prefer it at three. I have the Titans as a best bet. Um, I mean, I'm kind of leaning into, I know that people who listen to this podcast regularly, not just this show, probably think that um, I, you know, or probably are, are aware that I think Miami is, is a little bit, I mean, I want to keep calling them fraudulent because they keep winning and throw it in my face, but they just haven't played anybody. I mean, the only oh, quarterback. The quarterbacks they beat in the, four, in the last four games. What was it? Four games, we'll just try the last eight, seven games. And, I mean, and they lost to, they lost to Jacksonville. <laughs> right. I mean, there are, so the quarterbacks that they've beaten in their winning streak include, I assume Davis Mills was starting for the Texans end, although it could have been Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Lamar Tyler Jackson Taylor. on that Thursday night. Uh, either Joe Flacco, Mike White, or Zach Wilson. Cam Newton or Sam Darnold. Mike Glennon, Daniel Jones. That was, that was Glennon, right? Mike, Glennon Mike or, Glennon. It was Mike yeah. Glennon. And then another Jets quarterback, and then Ian Book. I mean, they haven't played anybody. They, have, they ain't played nobody. And um, I, I, I sort of think we're maybe underrating just how good a job Mike Vrabel is doing as a head coach. Like, looking at – I mean, you look at this guy's results. I mean, he's 9-7, and 9-7, 11-5, and, and already 10-5 and five this year. And this year he's doing it without Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown being banged up most of the season, losing to Julio Jones for a large stretch of the year. I, I know that the Texans have, or the Titans, excuse me, have a bad, have a, have a, a penchant for losing to bad teams. They lost to the Texans. They lost to the Jets. But this is a big spot for them, too, knowing that, you know, you win this game. I believe they clinched the division with a win uh, in, in this spot. The Dolphins are a, a playoff contender. You know, you lose this game and you are opening yourself up to some sweat on week 18 for the division. I think they come out and, and manhandle the Dolphin, uh, Dolphins. And that, that offensive line, defensive line uh, matchup is, is a bad one for Miami. I think you see Tennessee start to run the football pretty well in here and, and pull away a win. I like the Titans as a best bet. The Rams. Matthew Stafford's been kind of stinky lately, Pete, but the Rams are still three and a half point favorites on the road at Baltimore over under 46 and a half. Again, we record this on Thursday at 1 p.m. You can watch it live on YouTube every Thursday at 1 p.m. If you're watching it live on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and tell us your best bet in the comments. Um, Lamar Jackson's status still TBD at this point, but it does look like he's trending towards playing, I think, Pete. It, well, it looks like he's going to play, but he didn't look very good in the practice footage we saw yesterday. Um, but I still think that uh, I like the Ravens in this spot. I, I know the number looks funky to me. This is consecutive road games for a Rams team that didn't play that well last week. I mean, Stafford was awful. Um, so I just – the Ravens' desperation is at play here more so than the Rams' desperation. Long trip. Uh, you're giving me a field goal and a half. I don't – I mean, I really looked at this every way imaginable, and I'm kind of playing a trend here to, to, to work against a team on back-to-back -back road games and against a team that didn't play that well last week versus a team that needs the game. So I'm going to take, take the Ravens plus the points. 
And remember, the Rams had to play on Tuesday, and then that was an early game they played last week on Sunday um, on the road, and and they came out with the win, but they didn't look great, you know, as you said. And now they travel cross country for a game, move to the early window, and they're in the early window again. So it's like the Rams probably have a legit, you know, why does the NFL hate this type of thing going on here? Um, but I think they should be able to put up a bunch of points against a Baltimore secondary that is just decimated and just seems like they can't stop anyone. They lost another cornerback with Averett suffering a fractured rib, maybe. You know, it seems sounds like he could play through it. But um, I don't know why he would. And um, it just seems like the Rams receivers could dominate this matchup as long as Stafford isn't completely terrible. Um, so the question is, can Baltimore offense keep up if the Rams are hanging a big number? Um, you know, they weren't doing it with Lamar but when he was healthy. You know, the last few starts he played, he was not very good. Um, and without that backdoor cover against Green Bay, the point totals would look mediocre since week 10. Um, so I won't, I kind of want to lean Baltimore. I kind of understand what you're saying with the spot. That's kind of where I lean at three and a half at home, but I won't feel comfortable taking it until Lamar's back. So um, he managed to practice Wednesday, limited fashion. If we find out he's active and the line stays three and a half, I'll probably lean, lean to Baltimore there. But for now, I'm staying away. I am taking the Rams here, but I can't do it as a best bet just because three and a half on the road seems like a lot. I do. Yeah. I, I, I get the concerns over, uh, Matthew Stafford. I mean, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't played, hadn't played well in the last few weeks, but you know what else? Like the Rams were on a four game winning streak. And I sort of feel like people are sleeping on him. Granted, you know, I mean, Jacksonville, Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, not exactly a murderer's road, but people got so out on the Rams after that, the three game stretch around their bye where they lost to the Titans, Niners and Packers that they're just sort of people, people don't feel people. I keep getting asked, do you believe in the Rams? And I do believe in the Rams and I don't believe in Baltimore and their secondary. I mean, they can't stop anybody. So unless this weather is just like atrocious, I think, I think uh, the Rams should be able to put up plenty of points against a, a, I mean, just a, a secondary ravaged by injury. If you blitz Matthew Stafford a ton, I don't think it works out well for you. And we saw what Joe Burrow did. So give me the Rams to cover here, not as a best bet. And if, you know, I would probably lean towards the over as well if I knew that Lamar Jackson was healthy. But man, a banged up Lamar Jackson against this, you know, this Rams defense that's been better than people give it credit for as well, I think could be in for some trouble. I, I like the Rams here, though, uh, but not as a best bet. Browns minus three at the Steelers. Over under 41. This is Monday Night Football. It is, again, Thursday afternoon right now. As of yet, Pete, we have not heard any sort of buzz about could – I mean, there's some light chatter, but nothing big, nothing leaked out from Ben's camp about this being his possible last home game. Well, he kind of said it today. He kind of said it. He hinted at it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's hinting at it. I didn't say that definitively, but it's going to be. He, he right. basically said it without saying it. And I think they're going to respond to that. Right, right. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. I think it's a Monday night game, which means on Monday night countdown, we're going to get some Adam Schefter report that's like leading into the well, game. He basically said it today. All you got to do I is know, listen to it. I'm saying there's going to be a big to-do, but there hasn't been a big to-do about it. And it's going to come Monday. And Ben, he has slaughtered the Browns in his career. Slaughtered them. He hates them because they, they passed on him in the draft. He's an Ohio guy. He's bludgeoned them in his career. And they're coming to town to try and steal his thunder on Monday Night Football at home. No chance, right? No, I love the Steelers in this spot. Whether he was retiring or not, I still liked them. I, I I don't think the Browns are that good. The Steelers haven't played that well. They were terrible last week. I had them, so I watched that game, and I thought, oh man, maybe they'll get it. They never got it going. They'll get it going here, and they'll play well. Uh, the Browns have issues as well, and both teams aren't that good. 
So I think you're going to give me the Steelers and Ben's last game on a Monday night. I'm taking it. Uh, I'm taking the Steelers plus the points. Yeah, uh, with it being Ben's last home game, they're going to get 110% effort from the Steelers. I know uh, Pete is big into guys try harder in these type of spots. He thinks that they don't try, you know, hard yeah, every no, other week. No. So that's why he's on the Steelers. Um, <laughs> but you're also going to have an electric crowd, if too. Try, I mean, if you don't try hard during the other games, RJ, then you get a forearm in the mouth. That's what you're getting. So you better try right. hard. But you're also going to have an electric crowd, too. It's going to be like the best yeah. home crowd you can possibly have for that game. And that's going to matter, too, against a Cleveland offense that has not looked good and they can't throw the ball. They ran all over Green Bay. They probably should have won that game. They still lost because Baker threw four picks. I, I don't know how you trust them to score points. Pittsburgh, I think, was never going to look good against Kansas City in that defense. They did beat Cleveland earlier this year in a defensive battle. Uh, I, even throwing out the stuff about the spot and the the narrative and all that, I thought the line should be pick them at worst, unless you think Cleveland's clearly an above-average team, and I don't. I think that they're about where the Steelers are. So this line doesn't make a, a bunch of sense to me. Um, we flashed up on the screen. Caesars is showing three and a half right now. I wish we were rating this at three and a half, but we sent our lines last night, and it was three. Um, if it, you get three and a half, I love three and a half, um, but I still made Pittsburgh a best bet at plus three. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh as the best bet plus three as well. So let's put it in the parlay. We got the, um, I already forget who we are. We have the, the oh, a little AFC North action. Home dogs. This is a good start to a parlay. Bengals plus five at home. Browns, I mean, Steelers we plus all three. Have them. Except What's we that? all have them. We all have them as the best bet. I'm just saying we've all had like, like we, we've ne- we haven't we have yet had like a parlay that's all home dogs. Like that's the parlay we need to be taking, right? I mean, and, and if we get another home dog as a, as the third leg of this parlay, I'm going to money line those puppies too. Um, so, yeah, it, the narrative is a huge factor here for me, but I, I agree with RJ that the spread is incorrect, even without factoring in a home underdog on Monday Night Football in what might be Ben Roethlisberger's last game of his career against a team he hates and has, again, dominated throughout the entirety. And by the way, the Steelers are still involved in the division hunt. I mean, it's a, lo- it's a, longer, sh- it's a longer shot, but this thing is still wide open. So, uh, Pittsburgh... You know, if you look at what they've done this season, very up and down. I mean, they they you know they found ways to sort of hang with like every other game. It feels like, and you know, you see them beat the Titans two weeks ago. Then they lose to the Chiefs in horrible fashion. They just have these spots where they've been good to back. Um, and I think that this is one of them as a home dog against a Browns team that, as RJ points out, offensively not exactly uh, dominant. So give me. The Steelers plus three. We all have it as the best bet. It's in the parlay. Lions at the Seahawks. The fighting Dan Campbell's headed to Seattle. This is unbelievable. The Seahawks in week 17 of an 18-game season are out, are out of it. I mean, more or less. But they're still seven-point home favorites against the fighting Dan Campbell's. Over under 42 and a half, Pete. Yeah, and, and the fighting Dan Campbell's fight. I mean, they're tough. Yeah, they they were in that game last week, and, and they hung around, and, and I, I respect that. And, I, look, what is Seattle going to do? This is this is uncharted territory for them. They lost to the Bears last week. I mean, they blew a game against the Bears. They had no business losing that game. How focused are they going to be? So I'm going to take the seven. I, I just think in this spot with you're getting the Lions, who are, you know are going to play hard. You don't know what you're getting from Seattle. So give me the touchdown. I don't, I don't think Seattle should be favored by a touchdown over anybody. 
Yeah, and I was all ready to put Detroit plus seven as a best bet like you are. Um, but, you know, then Goff comes back from the COVID list and was a, did not practice on Wednesday with a knee issue. So I, if he's not healthy enough to start this game and it's Tim Boyle, then then I, I like him a lot less. Even if it is Seattle, shouldn't be laying seven points. Uh, Detroit's been playing better with Campbell calling plays over the last six weeks or so. Uh, Detroit defense has also showed up the last few weeks. Um, and it's a tougher matchup for a Seattle offense that can turtle up at any time. And we just, they can go in, into a turtle mode and, and, uh, and score, you know, 10 or 13 points and uh, whenever you least expect it. So Seattle's coming off that deflating loss to Chicago in the final minute, might not get up for this game. If Goff is in, love Detroit, would play him plus seven. Need to see some positive momentum on him before I lock that play in. The Lions are 10 and 5 against the spread this season, despite their 2 12 and 1 straight up record. Pretty incredible. Tied for the third best against the spread record in the NFL with the Colts, behind only the Packers and the Cowboys. They are 9 and 2 against the spread as an underdog of six points or more. I mean, th- those two records tell you just how often they've been a huge dog. Um, I-, I like the Lions. Don't I think somebody in the chat pointed out that. Uh, yeah, at the sport 78 says that Detroit plus seven is the squarest dog of the year. I mean, everybody's going to be on Detroit here. Everybody wants to fade Seattle, love the Lions. So I, I wouldn't make it a best bet either, but certainly like Detroit. Amon, St- uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, whose name I perpetually butcher, this is a, I think it's crazy, eight plus receptions in four straight games, tied for the longest active streak in the NFL with Jalen Waddle and Cooper Cup. Calvin Johnson, the only player. In Lions franchise history to do it in five straight games back in 2012. So he could tie uh, Megatron with that. And St. Brown has eight plus catches, 90 plus receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown in two straight games. No Lion has ever done that in three straight games. This kid's pretty good, man. Like he's a nice little building, he's a building block. block. He's yeah. a building block. Yeah. yeah. Like I think the Lions have, if the Lions will just, just be patient. And 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 sort of let this culture build up. Find some culture. Keep building on the keep building the trenches. Don't worry about the quarterback. Bring golf back next year. Get these building blocks. They got they got some nice little pieces in and around that that roster. Like they could they could turn this thing around if they make some smart decisions and uh, and keep, keep doing what they're doing. But look, every tough spot. Russell Wilson needs to show that he can that he can be good. He's look. He's sort of auditioning for a trade this offseason. I mean, his his value's pretty low. Anywho. I like the Lions, but don't want to make it a best bet because it does feel like a square dog. Let's take a break. And when we come back, can the Eagles keep this playoff push going against the Washington football team? We'll tell you next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Philadelphia, minus three. At the Washington football team with an over-under of 45. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, Smash the like button. Tell us your best bet for week 17. If you're listening on your podcast 
application and that application happens to be Spotify, go ahead and uh, give us a five-star review. Pete, Washington, three-point home dog against the Eagles. As you can see on Caesars right now, this is like about to like and pop, whatever you would call it. It's minus three, minus 125. Clearly going to get to uh, three and a half. There's a lot of support in the market for the Eagles. Are you backing the Eagles as well? Yeah, I like the Eagles. In fact, I almost made them a best bet, but I just kind of refrained a little bit because I think that this is one of those games where I, I just – will the Washington show up at all for, for pride purposes and play a little bit better at home? I, I don't know. I, I just – it scared me a little off of them. I, it, I, you know, look, if you go back back on what they did the last time, they just gashed them in the run game. Now, they don't have Sanders, so that hurts. Howard's iffy for the game. I think they'll play. Uh, but does it really matter who runs the ball for them? So I, I did t- in the end, I took the Eagles. I just didn't make them a best bet. It's actually the the line movement is flipped. It, it was three and a half. It was actually four in some spots, and it's come down. And and Caesars has put it up at three minus ah, one twenty five. But sweet. most most places have three and a half. Uh, now that it is at three, I have uh, Philly as a best bet at minus three. I mean, Washington sounds like they'll play both Heineke and Allen in this game. It's a flashing warning sign for me. It's all about evaluation then, and it's not about winning games. Washington's offense has less than two hundred net passing yards in four straight. Philly's defense hasn't allowed more than two hundred fifteen net passing yards since week nine. So it just seems like Washington isn't going to be able to throw the ball a ton um philly only won that first game by 10 but it was a weird circumstance that tuesday game it was a postponement they dominated the yards in that game i know washington didn't have their quarterback in that game but the philly defense still the philly offense still came out and piled up more than 500 yards so that didn't really matter who the quarterback is on that in front um and i believe uh jonathan allen came back for washington for that so at least had some help defensively so i do worry about the philly offense in games where they fall behind because i don't know that they can pass and catch up to teams but this doesn't seem like that type of game to me. Um, if you want to be safe and, and live bet it and wait to see if they score first, and then if the, if it jumps up to seven and a half after their first touchdown, then I'd lay that. You know, it just I just don't think this team's going to get caught up on. Um, but since we're locking these plays in now, it's down to three. I have them as a best bet, so I'm going to hope they go up early and just cruise on this one. Yeah, you know the the Washington run defense much better than the Washington pass defense, and so that's maybe one concern. But they should be able to throw all over Washington. And they ran all over them last time. I know, yeah, look, I mean, the Saints' run defense is good too, and the and Philly stomped them. I and mean, they're just a really good rush offense. Jalen Hurts gives teams problems with the way that they run. So, yeah, I, I like Philly in this spot too. It, it's hard to get behind Washington. It feels like Washington might be that team where they had that little midseason surge, got involved in the in the in the race for the division, and now are just sort of. You know, it's all it, it was. It was kind of a house of cards. Good job by Ron Rivera propping it up, but his team's just not talented enough on both on either side of the ball to really be able to to hang with any playoff contenders. And look, Philly ain't winning the division because it's clinched. But they, I mean, they can more or less clinch a playoff. Sp- I, they don't clinch a playoff spot here, but they can they can put themselves in a very good position to clinch a playoff spot if they win this game. They control their own destiny at Washington, of course, at uh, versus Dallas at home. They can clinch a playoff spot if either of two things happen. They have to win one, and Minnesota has to lose. Is the, uh, so there are the two scenarios. They win, Minnesota loses, and then either New Orleans loses or San Francisco wins. And Minnesota's at Green Bay. So, you know, if you're, if you're Philly, you feel pretty good about being able to come out of Week 17 potentially with – a, a playoff berth in hand if you can just take care of business against Washington. I think they do. Uh, I don't don't have it as the best bet, but I was kind of contemplating it. Texans at the 49ers. 
49ers minus 12 and a half over under 44. We will likely not be seeing Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. I don't think he's been ruled out, but the expectation is that Trey Lance will be the starter for Kyle Shanahan's squad. And uh, they, uh, I don't know, Pete, if you're going to, if you're going to try to Trey Lance, that was a pretty good spot to do it. Right. Well, it'll be the second best rookie quarterback on the field. <laughs> I mean, my guy. Oh! Oh! Pete's already right? crowned. Pete? Hey, well, uh, no, I'm not crowning him. When do you go to the tailor with, with Davis Mills to, to get him uh, fitted for that, that yellow jacket, that gold jacket? No, he's just playing good football. I mean, he's what, got three 300 yard passing games. And uh, look, I liked him coming in. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks in the draft. I, I admit it. And uh, I think he's playing for a team that's not very good. He's playing good football. And they're playing hard. David Culley's got them playing. You know, we talk about Dan Campbell. They're playing hard, too. Uh, so, but I just think this is a bad spot. I love the Niners. I like the Niners more if Garoppolo played. So I don't really have, I, I'll lean to the Niners, but it wouldn't surprise me to see the Texans hang around in this game. But I'll take the Niners. I don't think bad teams have bad spots because nobody expects anything from them anyway. So um, Houston was decimated by COVID issues last week. They still blew out the Chargers, 71 points in their last two games. They also got a ton of guys back from the COVID list on Wednesday, including Brandon Cooks, which is big for them. Um, whether San Francisco wants to start Trey Lance or banged up Jimmy G, I don't think it matters. Like I, I think getting Jimmy G with less than hundred percent on his throwing hand with that injury, um, is going to, you know, limit his effectiveness anyway. Um, so I just don't think they can be laying this many points against the Texans team that has been frisky the last few weeks with the mills playing well, Houston can get to 20 points in the spot, I believe. And then San Fran needs to score 33 with, uh, with a gimpy, you know, um, you know, banged up, uh, Jimmy or Lance. I don't see that happening. So I got Houston as a best bet, plus 12 and a half. Um, I'm just going to keep riding them, trying hard and playing well. And and uh, Davis Mills looking better than than some of these other rookie quarterbacks. I got the 49ers as a best bet. And I don't like going head to head with RJ, but, you know, I'm down to a ton of ton of points, down to a ton of games in the standings. I don't know if I can even catch it, but uh, I will I will give it a, the old college try here. There is an incentive, I think, for Kyle Shanahan and I, I do believe Trey Lance will start. And I'm picking him up in fantasy. I've got a, two games where I'm in the finals. One game where I'm starting Trey Lance over uh, actually uh, Taysom Hill, which is kind of aggressive. I just don't think they want to play Jimmy. I think they want to let him rest if they can. Get, you know, try and get healthy. And this is a spot where if if you can correctly evaluate talent and if you can correctly scheme up an offense for the talent that you evaluated. You can bring Trey Lance in here. You can run this read option offense. You can get him some open looks with guys down the field um, off of play action. And it w- should not be that hard for the 49ers to roll up offense on this Texans defense. They're 26 in DVOA against the run. This should be a spot where you, you, you're running Debo Samuel on jet sweeps. You're letting Trey Lance run the read option. You are getting, again, open looks downfield for, for you know, Kittle, Ayuk, et cetera. They should, they should be able to blow the Texans out and pin their ears back and get after Davis Mills. So I like the, I like the 49ers here. And, again, like, like Philadelphia, really a must-win spot if you want to try and make that playoff push. I will lay the 49ers with a big number. Cardinals at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus five and a half. This look ahead line was uh, Cowboys minus three is breach. And I detailed uh, it's up to six now on Caesars breach. And I detailed that we, you know, we did it at halftime of the Cowboys WFT game on Sunday night. We do the look ahead lines. It was, uh, it was card. We were Cowboys minus three. We're like, if you can find Cowboys minus three, smash that because this line is going to double with the way that the way that Dallas is playing against Washington on Sunday night. Sure enough, here we are, Pete. 
We're betting. We're getting Cowboys minus five and a half for the podcast, but as I mentioned, up to six. Over under 51, tick down half a point there. I really wanted to take the Cardinals in this game because I think the number's a little bit bloated, but I just can't do it the way they're playing on offense. I, I just can't. And they have problems stopping the run. Ever since J.J. Watt went out of, the, out of their lineup, they can't stop the run. So I just – offensive line had real problems last week. I think they're going to have problems with the Cowboys' front here. And I think that will lead to some turnovers. And I think the Cowboys will be able to run the ball. I think they'll push them around a little bit. This Arizona team that looks disjointed on offense. And, and so for that reason, I'll take Dallas. I'm not going to make it a best bet, but I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, and uh, I have the Arizona as a best bet, plus five and a half. Obviously, get it at six. Um, I wish we, we would lock this in at six, but we're locking in at five and a half. Um, line jump three, three and a half points off the look ahead with that ridiculous final score on San Francisco, on the, the uh, Saturday Night Football. I put SF instead of SNF for Dallas. Arizona lost their third straight, but they played better versus Indy than they had previously. They just missed a bunch of kicks, which, you know, you come prepared with a better holder, and that's not going to happen. Rodney Hudson's back also, so that's going to help the offensive line there. And Dallas is defense, one of the better defenses in the league. I think, you know, probably, most people put them top five. Um, they played Washington, the Giants, and Washington, their last three. Uh, so, of course, they're going to look good in those games. The previous two, they gave up 900-plus yards in two games before that. So, and then one of those was that Raiders upset. So um, they are good, but they're not like flawless. And if you come in with a good offense, I think you might be able to exploit them a little bit. Um, I have these two teams as far apart as comfortable in tier two of my power rankings behind the chiefs. Um, I think they're still both tier two, but I have Dallas slightly ahead of the pack, the Cardinals slightly below the pack. And I would still would only make this minus four. So I think we're getting some value with the Cardinals. Um, I'm taking Cardinals plus five and a half as a best bet. Uh, just two notes real quick. Um, it sounds like Lamar Jackson not at practice on uh, Thursday afternoon to the portion that was available to the media. Um, maybe trending in the opposite direction. I know I'm sort of going back to previous games, has but I'm Huntley cre- cleared as Huntley cleared. Uh, let me conf- He should. When he, he was COVID. I, I, right? don't, so he's, I don't think he's he off the list been, yet. He was activated two hours ago. So, yes, he's active. Okay. And um, I'm not changing my pick because I think he could pass the ball, too. Okay, I'm just curious from a line movement perspective, RJ, do we think we'll see any movement or was this potential kind of baked in with Rams minus three and a half? I think it's going to move up with um, with Lamar out if Lamar is ruled out. Um, just because Huntley has been good, he's shown some stuff, but this is a little bit different beast in terms of defense he's playing. And um, that Baltimore, def- people are just going to look at that Baltimore secondary and say, Rams just going 40. Uh, why, why not lay the three and a half, the four, the four and a half? So I think it, it'll it'll rise. All right, then I'm adding Rams minus three and a half as a best bet. If I, if I think I'm not getting Lamar Jackson, I want minus three and a half. I think the Rams roll in that one. Uh, the other thing, too, I mentioned Trey Lance as part of the, the reason why I like the 49ers. It actually sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo might try and force this thing with the thumb injury, which seems insane to me. I would guess that even if Jimmy Garoppolo starts, it's closer to 50-50 in terms of splitting these uh, splitting these 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 series and these drives, right? I mean, gimmick surely. Gimmick it up. Yep, gimmick it up. Well, you, well, one, you gimmick it up, and two, in the event that Jimmy G exacerbates his injury or, or you know, or suffers another injury, you need Trey Lance to have some recent reps if he's going to have to play for you in the playoffs or even in a massive Week 18 win or get in game. So I would not be surprised at all if we see plenty of Trey Lance, regardless of Jimmy Garoppolo's status. And I think as much as Jimmy says he's going to try and give it a go, Kyle Shanahan might believe he can beat the Texans with Trey Lance and not want to risk hurting Jimmy further. So two things to note. Um, I would lean towards the Cardinals for sure here. As it is, it's kind of a pure. I don't trust Arizona right now. They are 
a disaster in the at post by and really in the second half of the season with Cliff Kingsbury. There was some stat going on there. He's like, he's like a seventy percent win coach. He wins seventy percent of his games before you know the first eight games of the season, and then he's like a he's basically like I I, I don't know like uh, Marty Morningwig with the Lions after that. I mean, it's, it's it's horrendous. But you know the market has moved too much here. Three points. The Cowboys are an awesome team. But the, the Cardinals can keep up with Dallas. They should keep that within six points. Not a best bet for me. Would probably expect to see a lot of points. In, I think we see a lot of points in that game, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, 51. As long as, they, as, long as Kyler doesn't look broken. But, I mean, he was running around pretty well in that game. So, I mean, it's it, – and they would have won that game if not for the kick, kicking issue. So, um, I'm not too worried about him. Okay. Vikings at the Packers. Packers minus six and a half. Stinky, stinky line on Sunday night football. Oh, Matt, Alex, really seven, excuse me, on uh, on Caesars. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not playing anything as a best bet. If I were going to play something as a best bet, I'd lean to the over. Uh, I think this could get loose. Uh, the only problem is it's in prime time. We know how Kirk Boy uh, plays in prime time, <laughs> not very well. Um, but I, I I took the Packers on my picks. Uh, I just think it's it's a big number for a game that Minnesota almost has to have. But then again, you look at it, the Packers need it for the one seed, too. So they're going to play to win the game. They're getting guys back. Uh, I'll take Green Bay minus points. Not a best bet. Uh, but I did like the over. I didn't put that in his best bet either. It's another one where I'm getting the worst of the number here after the line move on Thursday because I lock in Minnesota plus six and a half as a best bet. Their defense has only played one uh, played well in one game since Thanksgiving um, in terms of points allowed. And in that one, they gave up 370 yards to Chicago and didn't really play that well. They Chicago just turned it over a bunch. Um, the Green Bay defense looks just as bad, though, and that's why I like Minnesota. It's Green Bay's defense, 31st in yards per carry allowed, facing a Minnesota team that comes in, wants to run with Dalvin Cook. Um, Cousins didn't look great in those two recent games without Thielen, and now Thielen's out. But he's looked fine the last few years when Thielen's out. So I'm not, not too worried about losing that weapon, especially with Jefferson as the number one there. I think the Green Bay offense is going to continue to score points, going to continue to put up a big number here. But the defense lets teams in through the back door too much. Um, and I think Minnesota, quality offense, that can do that. So now that it's at seven, go ahead and play Minnesota plus seven. Um, but I figure a closer final score here, and I, I have Minnesota as a best bet. Yeah, uh, I was writing my picks article and starting to – I wanted to – I was like, man, Aaron Rodgers – I was like, this is a trap line. And I was like, what am I talking about? Just you know, keep it simple, stupid. Rodgers minus seven at home in prime time against a team he wants to destroy and, and knock him out of the playoffs. And then you look at – as you point out, RJ, I mean – Green Bay just lets teams back in there. They win 24-22 against the Browns, 31-30 against the Ravens. Uh, they handled the Bears, you know, in, uh, coming out of the bye. But even in that game against the Rams, before the bye where, you know, Rodgers kind of limping around, they let, you know, they only win by eight points. They let them back in there. Uh, they lost to the Vikings already. You know, they blanked Seattle, but Russ was broken in that game. You know, they don't, they really don't blow teams out. And for that very reason, I'm going to take the full seven points with Minnesota because as we know, no one likes one-score games uh, more than Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. But my best bet, and Pete alluded to it, is the over here. This is a quintessential Green Bay gets a lead. Kirk Cousins forced to throw the ball. Justin Jefferson putting up numbers. And I believe Jair Alexander was activated this week. Yes, off he, IR. Was. he was. So we'll he see was. if he actually plays in the game. That would be a big plus if, if, if Alexander is uh, covering Jefferson. But – I don't think that the Packers necessarily feel they need they need to to rush him back out there. You know, they're in the playoffs. They've won the division. 
they may very well decide to, to slow play it with him uh, versus getting him out there on Sunday night against Jefferson. Either way, I think this game turns into a back and forth where we have explosive plays and the Vikings are forced to elevate, you know, just they're forced to throw a bunch because they can't slow down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Dalvin Cook back for this game as well. Should be plenty of points scored. Uh, Dalvin Cook back because of the new COVID protocols. Give me the, uh, over 47 and a half as a best bet. Man, there's some big lines this week. Jaguars at the Patriots. Pats coming off a, a, a brutal loss to the Bills. They got they 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 were shown we were shown who the better team was talent wise on a on a field. And Bills, you know, in in New England took care of business. Over under 14, 41 and a half here, and yet the the Patriots are sixteen point favorites now. We're taking it at fifteen and a half. Pete, can uh, your Jacksonville Jaguars? I didn't, put this, I didn't put this in as a best bet, but I'm going to. I'm going to take the Patriots as a best bet. Uh, look, Jacksonville's down. Four starting offensive linemen. They have one one offensive lineman who's starting, and that's Jawan Taylor right now because of COVID and injury. Uh, that's a bad situation because it's not a great offensive line. If you can't block New England and you can't get open, and they can't, Trevor Lawrence going to have a really tough time moving the football. And remember, James Robinson's gone too, so they have all kinds of issues on offense. I know that's a bloated number, but I I, I see this as being something like. 27 to 3 or 24 to 3, something along those lines. So I'll take New England as a best bet. And New England has shown they can blow out bad teams by just running the ball. And Jacksonville lost a competitive game last week, their last chance to probably win a game, um, you know, toward the end of the season because the Jets against the Jets because they couldn't stop the run game. You know, the Jets ran for 200 something yards, I think, in that game. Um, so New England's going to exploit that. It was a rough day for the New England offense last week, but they're not going to fall behind against Jacksonville D and need Mac to rally them back. It's just not going to happen in this matchup. So um, yeah, you can't play Jacksonville. I don't care what the number is. You can get up to 20. I'm not playing Jacksonville, um, but it's a little too high for me to play New England now, but I would lean that way. I got the pass as a best bet. Uh, one of the early ones that I put in there. I mean, look, this is just a, it's a bad matchup for the Jaguars, angry Patriots, you know, with some playoff concerns here, you know, you got to, you need to win out and the division's still not dead either. I mean, more than likely Buffalo is going to win it. Cause they've got, uh, they've got great matchups, but new England Jacksonville is just not going to be able to stop new England's offense on the ground. They're going to pound the football on them. Trevor Lawrence can be forced to throw a bunch against a bill Belichick secondary Belichick has, you know, even the best rookie young quarterbacks, Belichick has, you know, has an impeccable record against and against the spread straight up teams struggle against, Young quarterbacks struggle against Bill Belichick defenses. It's on the road in New England. Lawrence is spiking the ball in third down last week. The Jaguars don't really have a clue what they're doing. This is a this is a spot for Belichick and that that uh, that Patriots offense to get right and and pummel the Jaguars. Give me the Pats as a best bet. Raiders at the Colts. Colts minus six and a half over under forty four. The NFL and uh, this line looks like it's gonna get to seven potentially. Uh, the NFL changed the protocols, COVID protocols, wisely in 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 the wake of the Omicron variant breakouts, allowing even non-vaccinated players to come back after five days. And it does look like, at least as we record this on Thursday, Pete, that Carson Wentz is going to be available for this game. Um, Sam Ellinger would start, the Colts said, if... Carson Wentz is ruled out. We don't know. He, he has if, to not have symptoms. If he has no yeah, symptoms, he has to clear. So he's going to be he, time wise. He's going to be able to come off the COVID list, but he is still going to have to medically clear COVID protocols. 
and I believe he has to do it by 4 p.m. on Saturday. Well, they have to Look, they have to activate him to the off the list to the roster by then. But he wouldn't necessarily be cleared to play. That's what happened with Travis Kelsey. He got activated off the roster. He right. didn't clear the protocols, and then Sunday came around. And he still didn't clear, and he was out. So, yeah. so if but this is a different situation because if he if he doesn't have any symptoms, he's going to play. Period. Yeah, I mean, look, if they can get him out on that field, they're going to do it. Sam Ellinger is a good player, but they need Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders anyways. I, I think this yep. is a spot for the Raiders to hang around. Uh, I, the Colts have had a nice little run. Look, give them credit. Beating <laughs> New England. Then you beat Arizona on the road. Two primetime games. Now you get home and you settle in with all this COVID stuff going on. And I just think the, the number's a little too high for my blood. So I'm I'm going to take the Raiders. Indy already getting guys back from the COVID list. Um, Quentin Nelson, Gwilinski, Darius Leonard came off today, I think. Um, Kari Willis back. Uh, Ryan Kelly's going to play. He missed the last few days with personal issues. Um, so that's all great. And, you know, but the question is, will Wentz return, return by Sunday? We just don't know. Um, line seems to be in the middle area of that. Um, it was seven and a half before he went on the list. Now it's at six and a half, kind of expecting him to be back. And then it would be down at, you know, one and a half or two and a half if he was out. Um, so if he is out, I mean, Vegas could end up with a win streak against Mullins, Lock, and Ellinger and make the playoffs. So um, they'd be like the most, the team that you talk about teams that nobody wants to play in the playoffs, it would be the team everybody wants to play because they're just sneaking in there playing these bad quarterbacks. Um, they played strong against the Broncos run game, but Indy getting those three offensive linemen back, throw in the best running back in the league. Um, maybe four if Braden Smith is able to come off too. We're talking about Wentz, but Braden Smith is also in that that issue of he might be able to play. Um, so that that's a much tougher test for them. So I can't lean it without knowing Wentz is playing. So it's just a lean for for Indy on for right now. Yeah, it, it's pretty much impossible to handicap this game. I think if and, you know until it, you're just gonna have to wait until Carson Wentz is either activated or not activated, and it's not even a. Like I don't, I don't even know how this works from a activation because these are new protocols. Can he? Can Carson Wentz self-report a lack of symptoms or symptoms? Is like is that because we've heard that bandied about, right? Or does he actually have to pass a pass a COVID? I don't think he even has to pass a COVID test coming off the list, right? It's just, do you have he symptoms? No, nope. he won't get. He won't get tested now that he's been now that he's been had COVID. He he's not going to get tested for the rest of the year either. I know, I know he's done being tested, but I'm saying to get off of the list, it's so no, he's like, not test. That, that self-reporting no isn't, isn't, he's not self-reporting to Frank Ray. He's self-reporting to the Colts medical staff. So presumably right. they have some type of standards in place to say, uh, you know, he's like, I, I don't have any symptoms and he's running a fever and just sweating his, you know, off. And then you're right, like, right. yeah, you I, know, I don't know. I don't know about that. Will, <laughs> common sense will prevail. Right. If he's in really bad shape and he goes to the doctors, he's like, <laughs> fine. They're probably gonna be like, no, Carson, you're not fine. But, you know, if he walks into Dr. Francis uh, Reichenheimer's uh, office and, you know, he sees Frank Reich with a little mustache on, he's like, hey, uh, coach, I think, I mean, excuse me, doctor, I think I'm good to go. They're probably going to clear him. Like, I mean, if that's all. I would be astounded. I will be astounded if he's not cleared. Right. I mean, that doctor is not making it out of the room if, if or not making it out of the building that day. If, uh, if, if, if he ends up getting, uh, ends up causing Frank Reich not to play, causing, 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 causing Carson Wentz not to play. It seems likely that he will play. Okay. But yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to decide what to do on that game until you know about Carson Wentz, but six and a half would be a, a, very intriguing. If we think Carson Wentz is going to play the Raiders are sort of, although the Raiders still fighting for their playoff lives. Like, don't give me the curry up thing. Get out of here. 
You're you're babbling. Giants at the you're the one babbling about COVID. Giants at Bears. Bears might say a word about COVID. <laughs> what are you talking about? Giants. <laughs> you, laugh, you laughed at me. You just laughed at me. RJ, did I say anything about COVID? I, why, 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 I always have to be the mother in this situation. <laughs> always come like, to me. He lashed out at me. He, t- he, like, he just like, got caught in something and he lashed out at me. <laughs> this is not our text. Moving on. Giants and the Bears. Bears minus six. Over under 37. A repugnant, repulsive, disgusting game with no implication for anything other than the fact that the Bears are handing the Giants their first round draft pick next year. And beating the Giants, losing to the Giants would make it a much better draft pick. So maybe there's a little motivation there for the Bears, Pete. And, and they have the best unit on the field. The Bears defense is the best unit. I, I, I Look, the Giants offensive line, watching them last week, but the guards are so bad, it's amazing. And, and I think you're going to get pushed up the middle all day long. The offenses, they can't do anything. As bad as the Bears are at times on offense, the Giants are worse. So I'll take the Bears minus the points. I don't love it. I mean, this is... This is a garbage game of the week, one of them. This is a big number for a Chicago offense that just is not good, but that Giants offense is atrocious. I said a few weeks back I didn't think the Giants were the worst team in the league because that defense had been playing well. Well, that's not happening either now, and the offense is just so bad that this is the worst team in the league now, and Chicago just might need 14 points to cover here. Uh, so if Akeem Hicks is back for the Chicago D off the, off the COVID list, I'm not sure how the Giants score one point in this game. So they just have one takeaway in their last four games. They really need to generate takeaways to uh, to have short fields and get points. So I don't like laying this big number with a bad team, but I couldn't play the Giants at any number. So so my lean is also to Chicago, but no, it's not going to be a best bet. Yeah, I mean, I just don't just don't bet on this game. Don't watch this game. Is this game on CBS? Am I insulting? Am I insulting our employers by saying Are don't you watch? Are trouble? You mean? <laughs> yes, oh, it is on CBS. God, this game is great. I mean, it's just going to be a thrilling affair between two <laughs> high-end teams playing great football. No, I mean, don't bet on this game. It's like it's going to be some combination of Justin Fields, maybe Nick Foles, and Mike Glennon, and uh, and uh, old State Fromm or whatever. I mean, this it's the Giants can't score any points. So I would probably it's a, it's a how not to for offensive football. That's what yeah, it Giants, really Giants games are watchable because you get to see whether the the defense they're playing outscores the Giants offense, which is always fun. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, I, nice. I think the Giants, the Giants offense is like historically bad under Joe Judge. I mean, do we point any of that on him or is it just on he's coming back? He's coming, he's coming back, baby. So is Daniel Jones. It's they not, have scored. Not, it's not Jason Garrett anymore. They fired Jason Garrett. So, I mean, can't blame him anymore. I mean, they the last time they scored more than 21 points was November 7th, and they've done that. They've scored more than 21 points four times this season. Repulsive team. Uh, give me I – would, I would probably take the Bears against the spread if I have to take something in this game. If I was required to pick it. Moving along to another delightful game. Buccaneers minus 13 at the Jets over under 45 and a half, Pete. I would not expect Mike Evans in this game. Obviously, no Chris Godwin. Probably no Leonard Fournette. Would seem to me that this is a game that the Bucs you know, try and try and go get a W on the road against a team Tom Brady hates without you know, potentially risking additional injury to key players. The Jets were so bad on defense last week, and I know they had a lot of guys out on COVID, and some of those guys will be back, but it doesn't really matter against this offense. They won't be able to pressure Tom Brady. He'll sit back there. I don't care who's playing receiver is going to have a pitch and catch. The Jaguars had open guys. When you watch the tape, it was the first time all year. Guys were wide open. 
uh, and and Brady will pick them apart. I, you know, two back-to-back road games is always tough, but I'll, I'll take them and lay the points. Big number. I'm not taking the Jets. No chance. I'll take Tampa Bay. Yeah, it seems like too big a number to lay on the road with those back-to-back road games, but I lean that way because the Jets' offense is just sunk if they fall behind, and you have to expect them to fall behind in this game. Um, Jets beat Jacksonville with a run game, but it's the fourth time in the last five games. They haven't reached 200 net passing yards. Uh, Brady's going to light up that awful Jets defense, even no matter who's who's that receiver or tight end. It doesn't really matter at this point. Um, so Prashad Perryman could have a huge game in this one, and, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but if Elijah Moore comes back and Tampa's down at, at cornerback due to the COVID protocols, they put two guys on this week. Who knows if the back door is open? Um, but the Jets might not even get that chance because it might be 45 to 10. And so you're not, you're not catching up there. So um, I would lean to Tampa, but I'm not playing it. Yeah, same same thing for me. You know, there's no way you can take the Jets here, right? I mean, this is it's a stinky, stinky number. Do we see if it uh, did it move substantially? I didn't see. I mean, is it still 12 and a half or 13? 13 and a half. I think it's 13. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a little weird that it's not up to double, double two touchdowns. But I mean, I mean, I guess I mean, you know, the Bucks are so limited in terms of in terms of offensive personnel, but even their backups are still probably better than what the jets are trotting out most of the time. So would probably lean to Tampa, but wouldn't want to bet on the game. Uh, probably another CBS game that I'm installing. Nope. That's on Fox. Don't watch this game. This game stinks. Tom Brady's going to light up the jets and then just feed Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones over rushing yards. Probably a pretty good uh, prop bet in that one. Panthers at the saints. Oh boy. Saints minus seven over under 38 and a half down to six and a half on Caesars that the over under is ticked down as well. Uh, Matt rule announced with great excitement. Uh, earlier this week that Sam Darnold will start in this game, Pete Darnold in the Superdome against a very, very desperate Saints team with a good defense. And I would assume Taysom Hill starting against a Panthers defense is sort of starting to fall apart. Panthers is falling apart across the board, all across the board. And, and, you know, I mentioned offensive line uh, that that offensive line last week and by the way, Michael Jordan, the left guard, was the spinning top of the week. He is so bad. Jordan rules. Don't watch him. He's terrible. Um, <laughs> he was awful, and their line was awful, and they're going to be awful in this game. I, this is a big number for a Saints team that you look at them and you go, where are they going to score points? But I think they're going to get defensive turnovers, turn them into short fields. I'll take the Saints minus the points. Jordan's going to start his own shoe line called Air Jordan because that's all he can block is, is air, and anybody else can get by him. Uh, so. We, we got this line at seven. Uh, my lean was Saints at seven. If you can get six and a half, I would play Saints at six and a half. They should continue to get players back from the COVID list this week. Taysom is obviously the most important to them, uh, considering what we saw from the quarterback position last week, and uh, he came back already. So they, he should be good to go. That Carolina offense continues to be a mess. Can't see him scoring many points, even with Sam Darnold back in against a good New Orleans defense at home. Carolina's defense giving up 27-plus points in five straight, including – Versus Washington, Miami, Atlanta. Those aren't barn burner offenses. Um, now Burns and Reddick are on the COVID list. We'll see if they clear in time. If not, that Panthers pass rush is going to be be neutered there, and uh, Taysom's going to have a lot easier chance to throw the ball. So with Taysom back, I think New Orleans scores enough to get the cover while Carolina struggles on offense again. So six and a half, definitely play the Saints. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I agree with that. Carolina, Carolina's one of the – not being treated the way that they should be treated, which is that they are one of the five worst teams in football, probably. I mean, I know that the defense has some nice building blocks and should be better in year three of Matt Rule, but this offense is as bad as it gets. The offensive line is a complete disaster, and they're, you know, Cam Newton, I don't blame Cam for everything. I mean, you haven't been good, but, I mean, you know, nobody's going to be good behind that offensive line. You know who's really not going to be good? Sam Darnold. 
We saw him against any competent defense, and the Saints are competent, and the Saints are desperate, and the Saints are at home. They should obliterate Carolina. I might look at a um, maybe like Carolina team total under in this one. I wonder how how low it is. I don't have that. Some college football game up on. Uh, let's see, Panthers. Just because I'm curious, you think it's like over under? Wait, wait, what, what's the what's the over under for well, that? I mean, it's like what the total is 38, 37, 38 and a half somewhere around 13? there, and it's a seven point game, so it's got to be really low. Yeah, doing the probably. math, it's nineteen and a half minus three and a half, sixteen maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm finding it on uh, let's see away. Fourteen over four, oh, 15 and a half for the Panthers, and over is minus one twenty. It's pretty low. But I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they only, they didn't make it past fourteen points. I think though. I, I think at some point they'll yank Sam Darnold and bring somebody else in because it'll be getting so ugly. Okay, Falcons at the Bills. Another ugly game. This is this is actually kind of an intriguing game for me because I I think you can make a case that the Bills are coming off a huge emotional victory over the Patriots. The Falcons are terrible against good teams and good against bad teams and the, but the bills have played down to the competition and the falcons are technically still in the hunt like if they pulled off a massive upset here they would be flirting with the playoffs i don't think it's going to happen they're minus four bills are minus 14 and a half pete over under 44 yeah this is a giant number i hate laying it but I, I, there's no way i'm taking the falcons in this spot and you mentioned the the, the letdown will happen but it'll happen in the first half so if you want to grab atlanta in the first half that might make sense mm. But the second half, they'll put their pedal to the metal, and that'll be the end of that. So I'll, I'll take Buffalo minus the points just because – and I hate laying this big number, but I'm not taking Atlanta in this spot. Yeah, this is the uh, point differential special. You got Atlanta, seven-win team. Uh, what a terrible point differential, one of the worst in the league. Minus Buffalo, 122. And then Buffalo, one of the best point differentials, but only a nine-win team and barely scraping by in the division. So if you go by point differential, this should be a massive blowout. Um, you know, elite bills showed up against the Patriots. They haven't had trouble beating most bad teams by 14 plus. I think most, because we remember that Jaguars game, the Atlanta offense only managed 254 yards against the Detroit defense. So this shouldn't be that big a challenge for, for Buffalo's defense who we've had concerns about after they lost Tredavious white. This isn't going to be one of those games where that matters. Um, should be just the fourth sub 30 degree game for Matt Ryan in his professional career, but he's two and one against the spread in those games. So it's not like he just, you know, flops in these situations. So um, I would lean Buffalo, but my only worry is Matt Ryan is good enough quarterback to get through the back door. Um, so if it is anywhere near, you know, if it's an 18, 20 point game. Um, so it's just a lean for me at Buffalo 14 and a half. Yeah, it's uh, it's just smelly enough at 14 and a half that I don't want to like the Bills are going to have a let. I mean, they have to have a letdown coming off that. You saw how Josh Allen fist pumping What's all over the first over half number. What's the first half number? The first half number is. Not, I don't know if you can click. If you click the Falcons at Bills, it should be um, it should be able to click through and show us the first half number. I'll try and bring it up to the sometimes the Caesars website. Oh, there we go. Yeah, uh, half right there at the top there. If you, you can watch it. Uh, Falcons plus seven and a half. That's kind of intriguing, actually. Yeah, I, I, I would lean more toward that than than because I don't think they're going to cover in the second half. But that would be yeah. And the other, the other thing that first half under of twenty three is not, is not a not a terrible idea. I didn't look at uh, the Buffalo weather yet, but ooh, windy, snowy, and thirty two degrees. It looks like it kick. Oh man, it's gonna be like sub. 28 at kickoff that's not exactly matt ryan atlanta falcon weather 
I like that. That first half under is kind of a good look. I right, like, I, like I said, he, he's played in three games like that, and it's two and one against spread. So it's not like he completely. Well, he did play at Boston. He did play at Boston yeah. College. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, big look. It's a big game for the Falcons. I think they'll I mean, come. He's from, he's from outside of Philly. I mean, it's not like he's you know born. He's in not the Jared Goff here. He's, not... he's not like he was from South Florida. Went to Arizona State. Like some idiots I know. Is that you? Yeah. I love it. The uh, all right, moving on. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't think this is a great game to try and bet on. You can't really tease it or anything like that. Maybe Bills in a money line parlay if you can find it. Broncos at the Chargers. The Broncos, according to James Palmer of NFL Network, are preparing to add. They've canceled practice on Thursday. Preparing to add a bunch of people to the COVID list. The Chargers are currently minus five and a half. We don't know what teams they're going to, or what to what team? Excuse me, what players they're going to add to the COVID list. So. That makes it a little troublesome. The line has already moved up to Chargers minus six and a half in the market, if that matters to you at all, Pete. Well, Joey Boza should be back too, right? With the new protocols, yes, he is would be yeah, eligible. Yeah, he yeah. should be back. He wouldn't be he wouldn't have been eligible if, if they didn't change the protocols. So I, I take the Chargers anyways. I'll, I'll lay the five and a half. My only concern is the Broncos turn and hand the ball off 45 times a game because the Chargers can't stop the run. But I think after what happened last week at Houston, they'll bounce back. I'll, I'll take the Chargers minus the points. Chargers lost two key members of the secondary to the COVID list. That may not matter against the Denver passing game. We saw how they looked with Drew Locke. It was pretty, pretty awful. Uh, they should be able, Denver should be able to run all over the Chargers' terrible rush defense. But I expected that last week against Vegas, and it didn't happen. They did nothing with the run game. So, Matt, that's just a, maybe a product of Locke just not being it at all, at quarterback, and not having to respect the passing game at all. Um, only game in the last six, Chargers haven't scored 28, was at Denver. So maybe the Denver defense, if there's some matchup advantage here, can shut them down again. If Teddy was back, his number would be too high. Um, but with you know the Chargers' COVID issues on defense, but I don't trust Locke, uh, so I would lean to the Chargers here. Yeah, lean Chargers as well. If it gets to seven, you don't feel great about it. The under, I think, is a pretty good look here though too. Forty-five and a half, forty-six, uh, forty down to forty-five and a half. The the only problem with taking the under, we we do it is going to be Drew Locke, right? I mean. Yeah, they've already ruled out Teddy. Okay, Teddy's out. The, that's the thing. If it were Teddy, I would feel really good about the under because they'll sort of clock control, you know, run the football, let him dink and dunk. With Drew Locke, you have uh, uh, potential for scores both ways on YOLO throws where it's a pick six or a fumble to the house and and or, you know, just a, a bomb to somebody who gets open behind, a you know, a, a depleted secondary. So that would be my only concern about taking the under in this game. But you know, if the Chargers get a lead, Brandon Staley's perfectly fine running the football in, in, in melting clock. So maybe the unders will look there, but you need to know about, I don't know, Drew, betting on an under with Drew Locke is just too scary, which seems like a weird thing to say. All right, that is all the games. We do need one more. We need one more game for the. Uh, what about the Eagles at minus three? I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. Other other option I can think of is we're all kind of leans I think on New Orleans. So, uh, but none nobody. Was I, would say the, I would say the four options for us would be Cardinals plus the points, Vikings plus the I points. Like the Cardinal. I don't like the okay. Cardinals. Cardinals off. Uh, so it'd be Vikings plus the points. I don't like the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, so it's Eagles minus three Eagles. or um or the Saints. Uh, Saints. Yeah, or Saints. So, I find either one. Saints. Saints are at home and the Panthers are effing terrible. Yeah, I was stronger on the Eagles. I made them my best bet, so my lean would be Eagles, but you guys, I would be fine with either if you guys want to go I'm, Saints. 
I'm fine with either one. Saints. Saints. Four-teamer? Four-teamer? Four-teamer. Four-teamer. Four teamer. All right. Let's go four-teamer. 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 That's it. Week 17, we're hitting a four-teamer. That's how it works. So we got Saints minus seven. If you can bet it minus six and a half uh, as part of the parlay, obviously that is preferred. Should we give ourselves six and a half? Because I guess we can't. Well, let's let, let's throw the Saints out then. So we're not getting six and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. So Eagles minus three. Titans plus. Titans minus. Wait. No, sorry. Eagles minus three. She, uh, I can't get anything right today. Steelers. Bengals, Bengals plus five. Steelers plus three. Eagles minus three. That is the week 17 can't hit, won't hit parlay. That is 0 and 16 on the season. And until we do a six game parlay in week 18, cannot get your money back for the year. If you've been betting it, if you've been fading it, congratulations on your island that you own uh, because you've, you've made a bunch of money fading our parlay. To the best bets, Prisco's best bets. Try to get these on a single page here. Prisco's best bets. And, and um, I, uh, not and I sort of put these together. Debo usually, not and I put these together. So if we're missing something, tell me. On There's your best an ad. Bets. I added one. What did I add? I added one during the show. I added. Um, you added the Patriots minus 15 and a half. Yep. Okay. Right. Patriots minus 15 yep. and a half for Pete. Lions plus seven. Steelers plus three. Ravens plus three and a half. Titans minus three and a half. And the Bengals plus five. I got to tell you, Pete. I like the cut of your jib this week. You like it? Well, we have a lot of – we're on the same game, some of them. Oh, that's probably why I like the cut of your jib. I I just think those are good-looking bets. Uh, Let's go to RJ's best bets. He has the Steelers plus three, the Bengals plus five, pair of home dogs, Cardinals plus five and a half, Vikings plus six and a half, Texans plus 12 and a half, and the Eagles minus three. You can get all of RJ's picks when they are released – on sportsline.com, sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white and you will get uh, your first month for a buck or something like that. Tons of RJ, experts. You don't do college football. You don't do college football, do you? No, I don't. Uh, I was going to see but, if but there are college football experts. I, I, I would just be guessing with college, with, with, with the NFL. I feel Wisconsin. like I have a good process and good analysis. With college, I'd be guessing. Bridgeton, Arizona State or Wisconsin tonight? Uh, what is the line uh, on Thursday night? What I is think the, they're a touchdown the favorite Wisconsin? I think they're a touchdown favorite. Is it what's the COVID uh, situation for your boys? What would you bet on? Oh, I wouldn't bet the game. I don't. I don't know. They stink. ASU stinks. Wisconsin's can it's an ASU exhibition stop? game. They're exhibition games. How are they, how are they, you know, how are they against the run? When games get canceled, these exhibition games, some fans cry about it, and other uh, ones just go, "Oh well." UCLA, <laughs> UCLA. I'm not going to accuse Chip Kelly of, 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 uh, of bailing on the game because he was scared to take an L. I wouldn't do that. I'm above that because COVID is a serious situation, and I would not um, try and claim that Chip Kelly would, you know, drum up a, a, a bigger number of COVID cases than he actually had in order to cancel the game five hours before kickoff. I wouldn't do that. That's not the type. Why of would he do that? What's the point of it? Because he don't want to take the L. Because he's about to get his face pounded by the Wolfpack. Oh, please. It, hey, RJ, I got to relay the story. Brinson went psychotically nuts. Everyone saw it. Look, look, we're not relaying. Do you want to get done with this podcast or not? I'm just, no, I'm telling you, know, because I'd rather tell the story about you going nuts like a baby. If it's an exhibition game, why do you care so much? It didn't matter. I want, I want, I want my 10 wins for my Wolfpack. Oh, my God. Got the high bowl. Take care. You know what else well, I, want? You guys, I want? You guys got the trophy, oh. so you count it as a win. You got 10. That's right. Thank you. The NCAA won't recognize it. I don't care. 
I still want South Carolina to blow out Tar Heels, but that's here, here, over there. My best bets. Steelers plus three. Bengals plus five. Vikings over 47 and a half. The lone total best bet of the entire week for this crew. 49ers. Look at these massive favorites. I'm taking 49ers minus 12 and a half. Patriots minus 15 and a half. And the Rams minus three and a half. I kind of wanted to add the Saints. Oh, um, can, is it too late for me to add the Eagles? I like the Eagles. Since they're in our parlay, I'm adding them. Eagles minus three. There we go. So I got seven best bets. I got to make up some ground. Big and dumb, big, big card this week. Don't necessarily you love always it. have a big card. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I don't have a big card. You get mad at me for not having a big card when I do. You uh, RJ, does he always have a big card or not? He almost always has a big card. And maybe not even when he sends his picks in. By the end of the show, he always has a big card. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's yeah. it. When he copies a couple of RJ's picks, then he has. A ah, no, I had all mine in there before. Um, no, all right. You did not. Except for the Eagles. I like the Eagles. They're not parlay. F you. All right. That's it for the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you are watching on YouTube, smash that like button. If you are listening on Spotify, go hit a five-star rating for us. It's very easy. You can do it in the mobile app quite easily. Thanks to Nada for producing. Pete and RJ, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.